You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8pm here on Radio Kerry. Now you're very welcome to Stand Out with me, Ian O'Connell, here on Radio Kerry. I'm here with you up until 9pm and thanks a million for tuning in as always. There's, uh, there's definitely, I'm going to be like a typical Irish man now and I'll say, Jesus, there's a grand stretch in the evenings. But there, um, there definitely is. It's, it's definitely a bit brighter out there in the, the evenings going on past five o'clock. And um, I think it's, 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 it's unbelievable that people underestimate how much of an effect the weather has on people's, um, on their, their moods. Because I find even myself when the, the evenings are brighter, my head is more clearer and I feel... Um, I feel I feel a lot better, and I'm sure a lot of people can um, can relate to that when the the evenings are dark early and it's kind of dreary outside and damp and cold. It definitely is a, an effect on your your head and your your own mood. So personally, in a way, the brighter evenings um definitely I feel a lot better, and um, I'm sure a lot of people can can relate to to that as well. I'm delighted to say that my guest this week on Stand Out with myself, Ian O'Connell is singer and songwriter Jay Carter. Jake, originally from Liverpool, moved over to Inniskillen in Fermanagh a couple of years ago. Jake is the younger brother of country music star Nathan Carter. I'm sure you're all familiar with Nathan. He's, um, his hit song, Wagon Wheel, Rock Me Mama Like a Wagon Wheel, is such a, a popular song with um, between people with all ages, young and old. So you're all going to be familiar with, um, with Nathan. Jake actually won season 2 of Dancing with the Stars in 2018 with his pro dance partner Karen Byrne. The, uh, the couple started dating a short time after and they're now living together in Dublin with their, um, with their dog Lenny that they, th- Jake always is up in social media. He's, uh, he's dog Lenny, he's, um, he's a, a cute little dog and um, he gets all the, the attention on, on social media so he does Lenny. In 2021, Jake launched the Jake Carter Music of School to pass on his musical expertise to the next generation. I'm going to be talking about his own music career, getting out of his brother's shadow and making a, a name for himself, growing up in Liverpool, moving over to Ireland, dancing with the stars and much more. So sit back and enjoy the show. Jake, how are you? Thanks a million for, for joining me today. How's everything with you? I'm all good. I'm very busy at the minute, and thank you so much for having me on the show. No problem. We were saying you're you're flat out there with the new release, are you? I am. Yeah. So we've just released our, our second single off this EP that's coming. Um, I think I can actually tell you it's it's coming out on March the eighth. That's the official date. So this is the second single. The first single, Milk and Honey, was released just before Christmas, and then this track, Love Me Like You Do, was released last week, and it's had a great reaction so far. I'm I'm so happy. It's a song that I. I wrote a good few years ago, actually, during lockdown with an Irish singer-songwriter called Megan O'Neill. Um, and because it was written so long ago, I was I was kind of a little bit apprehensive about putting it out because I've listened to it for so so long myself. Um, but it's great to finally have it out. Um, we took it into the studio and kind of changed it a little bit. The track was originally written as like a piano ballad um, and we kind of beefed it up a bit and made it into a, a bit of a mid-tempo kind of love song. And yeah, it's officially out now after so long, which is great. Um, and yeah, I'm just so happy people seem to be liking it, which is always a good thing. That's all, that's all you want. Um, like you said there, you wrote it a while ago. That's kind of popular kind of with um singer and songwriter that they could write something and then release it a couple of years later 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's often times where I would be doing different writing sessions and I'd go back and find songs that I could have written two or three years ago and decide, right, okay, maybe we can change that a little bit or use some of that if it hasn't been released. And um, it's definitely something that, as myself as a songwriter, I do a lot is go back and look at the older stuff that, that didn't quite make the cut at the time to see if we can make it better. And when you're writing songs, um, Jake, do you kind of like to sit in kind of silence or is it like on an iPad or more traditional pen and paper, like everyone has their own way, I presume? Yeah, I used to be on a laptop, but I've actually in, in the last couple of years started writing stuff by hand in little notepads. Um, I don't know why, I just feel it's a little bit more more creative, I suppose. But um, it's different. Every session's different as well. I do a lot of co-writing sessions with other musicians, which I, I prefer, to be honest. I like kind of bouncing ideas off people. Um, and then there's other sessions where it's just me in a room with a guitar as well. So it's I can't say that there's a certain formula of doing it, but every kind of session is different. And and I always kind of shock myself when I actually write something and I'm like, actually, that's that's actually all right. Because I remember years ago, I used to be terrible at songwriting. I guess it's just something you get you get better at with age. Exactly, exactly. Um, do you want to bring me back to your, uh, I suppose, your childhood grow, growing up in um, in Liverpool? Were you, um, was it kind of music from a, from a young age or were you kind of watching soccer or what was the story yeah i mean obviously i'm a, a big football fan i love liverpool football club but uh other than that my other main love was uh music i mean from the age of about four i used to play the bowron so we used to go to saint michael's irish center in liverpool and uh, we'd go there every monday night and we'd be learning like trad music so i started playing the bowron there's pictures of me on a little tiny stool um probably not even playing the bar on just hitting it to be honest um, and then as I got a little bit older I started to play the fiddle then and we com- we would compete in the Flark Yoles every year and that was kind of a, a big connection to Ireland for us we would be over here every year doing doing the flars um, and then as I got a little bit older then I eventually started playing the guitar um, I guess the fiddle probably wasn't the coolest of instruments for a young scouse lad to be playing um, so I started playing guitar then and I was very lucky in the sense that my mum and dad, no matter what I wanted to try, they, they would let me do it, you know what I mean, which was great. Uh, so I did like guitar lessons, drum lessons, um, bass lessons, singing lessons, fiddle lessons, everything, which was great. Um, but I really loved guitar when I started learning that and kind of stuck with that ever since. And I haven't actually played the fiddle now, probably since I was about 15 or 16, but I've got one in the studio there that I keep saying I'm going to, going to get it back out and tune it up and, and see if, uh, see if I can get a tune out of it. But yeah, so music was kind of, was always around, but I was always a big lover of kind of the more pop side of things as opposed to like the country side of things that Nathan would have been singing at the time. Um, the likes of like McFly was around and I, I used to love take that as well. I don't know if I should be telling people that, but, uh, yeah, I used to just love all the kind of pop music and that's where I guess a lot of my songs now would take uh, a big influence a big influence from, sorry. I would um like you said there, kind of McFly, you were kind of look, looked at them when you were younger. Your kind of music you kind of ventured away, I suppose, from like Nathan's obviously kind of big country and you went kind of more down the pop route. Was it kind of in some way was it kind of like to like like Tommy Fury, like he's kind of Tyson Fury's brother. Did you find that kind of you were known as Nathan's younger brother for a while before your name got out there? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I suppose that's that's still around in some aspects as well. And I guess when I did start out, it was a conscious thing that I wanted to kind of create my own path and not just be a carbon copy of what he does. Um, so that probably was a huge thing as well. But um, I think the other side of it was I just preferred pop music. That was always what I grew up with. Um, I mean, when I first started gigging at about the age of 16, 15 or 16 in pubs and clubs and restaurants and wherever would kind of take me for a gig. I used to sing everything, you know, we'd be singing Whiskey in the Jar, we'd be singing uh, old Irish songs, country songs, pop songs, some of my own songs. I literally would sing anything at the time because that was kind of, you were in a pub and it's what people wanted to hear. Um, but then definitely when I started gigging with my own band and I moved over to Ireland, I think that was in 2017, I was probably a little bit more conscious about what I was actually playing on stage then and kind of what sort of image I suppose I was going to try and uh, create for myself. And obviously being from Liverpool, I suppose the Beatles were they, they were big um, back when you were growing up, I suppose, did you kind of look up to them a bit? Definitely. I mean, being from Liverpool and being in the kind of music industry, you can't really get away from the Beatles. And it's it's something I always admired. I mean, I wrote a song last year or the year before. I, I released just an acoustic version of it, actually, which was a track called Down the Road to Me. Uh, and it was a song about living literally down the road from where the Beatles grew up. I mean, our house was literally around the corner from uh, John Lennon's Auntie Mimi's house. Um, my school was... Yeah, well, well, no, that's actually on Menlo Avenue, but my school was on opposite Strawberry Fields, Penny Lane. We would go down there to get coffees all the time. We still do whenever I'm home. So you're kind of always around the, the famous landmarks that people travel from all over the world to come and see. I mean, when you're in Liverpool, you see people from America, people from China, Japan, all over the world come to see these these famous landmarks that the Beatles have made famous. So it was something that I always admired. And I guess growing up, you probably take it for granted. You don't actually realise how how big this band was, but they were literally from around the corner from where I grew up. So I always took huge influence from that and to see how well they done. If I could even get a, a small portion of the success that they ever achieved, I, I'd be doing well. It's all you're looking back now, like you said, you kind of, when you're younger, you don't kind of appreciate how big they actually were. Until you're looking back when you are when you are um when you're older. Did um I remember when I was doing a bit of research on you um yesterday, I read that you when you were in school you had a van and the lads used to be trying to hop in going uptown for lunch at um at lunchtime. Did you um I suppose what was school like, Jake? Were you kind of because I know for me school wasn't for me, like I didn't I'd rather be outside with a, a football at my feet. Were you um academic wise, did you enjoy school? Yeah, to be honest, I, I was probably quite clever in school. Like, I, I would have enjoyed it. And I always had my heart set to be in the music industry. But over in Liverpool, after you do your GCSEs, so that's obviously your junior set over here, you can actually choose to leave if you're going to start working or do an apprenticeship. Or if you can if you can show what you're going to do, you can actually leave. And at the time, uh, I remember I, I kind of wanted to leave, but I was kind of persuaded, I suppose, by my mum to stay and do what we call our A-levels, which is your then leaving set. Mm -hmm, so yeah. I stayed with them. And then I remember at the time, everyone, the teachers in the school, they wanted me to go to university and stuff. But I just said, you know what? I, I've done my A-levels. I've done more than what I wanted to do at the time. And I was already gigging. I was probably gigging two or three nights a week. So I was earning like quite good money for a 17-year-old lad from Liverpool. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing this. So 
I didn't end up doing college or university. I just started gigging then. Um, and then a year later, I, I found a fellow who used to manage me then. He put a band around me and we moved over to Ireland. And then the rest is kind of history, I suppose. I then did Dance with the Stars and all that stuff. And my career kind of took off over here, which was great. So, But I, I definitely think school, I, I really did enjoy it. And if I wasn't a musician, I probably would have stuck with it and went to university or, or done something uh, a bit more academic. I remember I was listening to a podcast there a couple of weeks ago, you were on, I forget the name, the name of it, but you were saying that your your dad used to go out, was he in a, a trade and they used to go out kind of with him when you were when you were younger, would you add? Uh, yeah. Could you see yourself going down that kind of a, a route? I guess if I wasn't a musician, I probably would have. Yeah, my dad's a builder and he has his own uh, company. So he he was always building. I think I did about two weeks of, of work with him when I was in school. And then I was like, no, this is much harder than than singing on stage for a few hours. Um, but yeah, I guess if I wasn't a musician, I probably would have ended up taking over where, where he left off, I suppose. I think it kind of probably annoyed him that Nathan and me, both of us went into the music industry and he didn't have any kids that would take on the building um, I'd say that probably was was a bit of a sore point for him When you um, like you said there Nate, when he was kind of I suppose when he was um, getting big and his name was kind of blowing up did you I suppose did you kind of look up to Nate and I'm sure kind of for inspiration to see like that you wanted to follow that and you wanted to make a, a name for yourself with um, loads of people yeah, definitely. I mean, I from the age of 13, you could fly by yourself with Ryanair. So I remember each half term, so every six weeks over in Liverpool, we'd get uh, like a week off or two weeks off. And I used to save up and book a flight from Liverpool into Belfast International at the time. And because that was the only flight that you could actually fly from the age of 13. And I, I used to just book it and say, right, Nathan, I'm, I'm coming over this week. I didn't give him an option. Do you know what I mean? I'd say it was probably very annoying back then. But that was around the time then when I think he was about 22, 23, that wagon wheel hit and he just started kind of taking off. And I definitely remember standing at the side of stage thinking, wow, this is this is mental. Like, this is my brother. And like all these people are screaming and coming to gigs just to watch him. So I definitely even subliminally probably took huge influence from that and, and wanted to, to have it. A similar success when you um when you did come over from Liverpool, I suppose kind of like staying over here longer. You weren't in the skilling, was it for Mena? Yeah, so I was up in Fermanagh, so it was completely different. It was uh, Enniskillen's a great town, um, it's very quiet and everyone knows everyone, which is which is great. Um, but it was a lot different to Liverpool at the time. How was you? You were kind of you were living with it for a while in Fermanagh, were you? Yeah, we lived together. I mean, I still go up and down to Fermanagh uh, even now. Um, I was literally just up there the last couple of days, so he's never gotten rid of me just yet. But yeah, we we were kind of lived together full time for the first kind of four or five years when I was moving over here. Um, but we hardly ever seen each other, to be honest. He was always gigging or I was gigging. So if we spent probably two days together every week, then that was probably the most time we ever got. You were like ships passing, passing by when you were... Um... When you did come over, how did you, um, I suppose, with uh, being in Fermanagh, there's a strong accent up there, then you have the Dublin accent, and then you have the Liverpool accent. How did you kind of deal with all of them? Did, you, did it take you a while to, to tune in? Definitely. I mean, I remember when I was on Dancing with the Stars, I lived with a fellow called Rob Heffernan as well, who's got a real thick Cork accent. So I think over the years of living here, I've definitely gotten used to the accents a lot more. 
but I don't think I'll ever actually change my own accent. I think the Scouse accent is so strong that it's always something that'll stick with me. But it definitely took me a while to kind of get used to like the Kerry accent, the Cork accent and all the different accents and, and pick up different words. Um, but yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot of different strong accents going on in, in our house at the minute between Karen's Dublin accent and my Scouse accent and then being up in Fermanagh. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge at times. <laughs> It's a challenge at times, and uh, I, I, your TikToks with, with Karen, it's um, it's uh, when you're kind of comparing the the Scots accent to the to the Dublin one and the pronunciations and and stuff, it's uh, it's hilarious. But talking about um, social media there and TikTok and stuff, how important do you think that social media is? Even your own one now for I suppose getting your name out there, especially with your new single, like publishing. Yeah, it's massive and it's it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, to be honest. And TikTok was always something I kind of, I didn't really dive into until the last couple of months, to be completely honest. I always had it, but I never really used it. Um, but it's only now when you're looking at it, it's it's such a huge part of the music industry now. It's just the way that it's gone. Do you know what I mean? Like there's artists that release a song now on TikTok and it blows up and then they release the song. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's a completely different way of doing things, but it's it's the way the world has gone. And I think social media over the last few years has just been building and building and building. Um, it obviously has its downsides as well, but there's definitely a lot of positives that music artists and other performing arts, whether it be dancing, acting, um, poetry, whatever it is, you can take a, a huge influence from that and it can really kind of catapult your career a lot further and a lot quicker than how you would have had to have do it in the past, maybe. Like you said, there's social media. It can, and I talk a lot about it here on my um, on my radio show. It can be the best thing ever, but then it can be the, the worst thing ever. Like you, um, anyone, I, I think like even like myself, put my, my social media out there, you're, you're going to be prone to negative comments. Do you, um, I suppose, especially when you were young, Jake, when you were younger, kind of getting into the scene, like obviously seeing bad comments and negative like you it will get you no matter how thick skin you have did you have to kind of deal with that when you were coming in did you get negative kind of feedback yeah i mean i think anyone like said there that puts themselves out on social media they're always going to get negative comments whether it's uh under a video under posts or, or whatever it is and and still to this day i i would get a good bit of negativity or hate on certain videos and I've probably learned over the years to kind of just let it roll off my back. Sometimes I, I do like to reply and stuff and and uh, have a little bit of fun with some of them. But yeah, it's definitely something as uh, as a musician or a singer or or being in the kind of entertainment industry that you have to learn to deal with. Um, and yeah, you just have to kind of roll with it. But definitely when I was a lot younger, it probably would have affected me a good bit more than what it does nowadays. Um, but yeah, I think everyone in this day and age as well is kind of, it's it's a sad, it's sad, but everyone kind of is used to it at this stage. They're like, yeah, okay, well, it's just social media, so it's it's going to happen, and and it's 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 a bit sad that it is that way. But look, that's that's the day and age that we're living in now. It is. I always say it's more of a, a reflection and the the person leaving the comments under under your your post. How did you? Uh, I'm interested to hear how did your parents kind of? Um, I suppose deal with obviously Nathan over in Ireland and then his name blowing up over here. Then you came over and they were still in Liverpool, I presume. How did they deal with the whole thing when you were, um, when your names were kind of getting bigger in the music industry? 
Yeah, I mean, I remember when I actually moved over, uh, I drove my van over. I remember mum was very upset that day um, when I actually left. But I think the beauty of it is that Liverpool and Dublin are so close. Like, it's literally a half an hour flight. So if we're not going over there or if I'm not going over there or Nathan's not going over there, mum and dad are always coming over here. Like, they're actually over this uh, Saturday. They're coming over to see my gig in Dublin. So it is great that there is, like, so much kind of, different modes of transport to come over and back whether it be the boat we take my dog Lenny over to Liverpool uh, every few months and mum and dad fly over and I fly over so it's great in that sense but uh, I guess it took a little bit of getting used to as much for us as it did for them as well Um, kind of becoming someone that people know is is always strange um but yeah i think i think they enjoy it i think my dad definitely enjoys it especially if there's like an after party and stuff he'd be there and he'd be he'd be loving his life but my mum just kind of stays quiet he'd be he'd be he'd be delighted so in the green room after after the the, the gigs and um, when you were when you were younger um uh jake when you were i suppose like we said getting into it, you were gigging and stuff like you said in bars and stuff would you ever kind of go busking on the streets like you'd always see people in Dublin now these days yeah I never did do busking you know I, I think I did when I was about 12 with the the uh, the cultists back in Liverpool but that was it I never actually did it myself and do you know what like like I said there in Dublin the busking scene is like there's so many amazing talented musicians there's a band actually who I, I wrote a track with that's on the EP that's coming out in March called Key West um, and it's something they've done for years and years and years. And the lads, I actually was in town three days on the run and I bumped into them on Grafton Street every day. And I was like, geez, like you must never stop busking. You are always out singing in the cold, in the rain. Um, but yeah, it's, it's never something I personally did, but there's, it's definitely a, an art form in itself. And I take my hat off to them because there's, there's some really talented buskers out there at the minute. Do you, uh, do you ever see the girl in, um, she'd be on, Grafton Street, is it Ali Sherlock, her name? Ali Sherlock, yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, she's amazing. And again, you were talking about social media there. She's got a huge social media platform and, and she's like there every day as well. Million, she? Yeah, yeah, she's she's got a huge platform and she's great as well. There's, there's some amazing talent within the buskers um, in Dublin and outside of Dublin as well, whenever we're travelling around, whether we're in Cork or or down in Kerry, no matter where you are, there's always great buskers on the street and it's it's great to see. It is, it's brilliant. Even like the traditional Irish music, like, you know, you don't want to see that dying down. Even like you said over in um in Liverpool, like there's obviously loads of Irish connections between people in all all around England and Ireland. So it's great to, to see That's it. You know, Liverpool's that. the thirty third county, as they say. That's what they say. Um <laughs> out of curiosity, if you did kind of go down the, the country music route, do you think that um it was only last night I was thinking this, if you did if you didn't really separate yourself from the country side of things, do you think that you'd get more gigs if you did go down the countryside just because Nathan does the same? Yeah, do you know what? That's a great question. I probably would have. It probably would have been an easier route to go. Um, but, you know, it, it wouldn't have been true to what I am and to what I want to do. Um, but definitely it probably... It probably would have been... Um, I, I might have been busier at the start, definitely. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's just not what I want to do, and it's not who I am. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the decision I made. But it, it, I don't know, is the honest answer. But I'd say it probably would have been um, a lot easier to get gigs at the start. Yeah. And what does it feel like um, as a 
as a musician, obviously, like sports people, they have the the people in the crowd chanting their names. What does it, I suppose, mean to you as a musician to see the crowd in front of you when you're playing, singing the words back to you? Yeah, there's no better feeling than, especially as a songwriter as well, if you're at a gig and the crowd is singing back a song that you've wrote, that's kind of a real, it's like a full circle moment going back to when you wrote the song. It's it's a it's a, a feeling that you never forget as a songwriter and as a singer, um, and it's definitely one of the, the best feelings out there. Do you have any uh, rituals that you like to, to do before you go out on a, a gig? Any like, do you have any, or like I suppose, sports people, they might have a, a lucky pair of boxers. Do you have anything? No, I used to have a little necklace that I got from Turkey on holiday years ago, and it had a little guitar on it, but it, it broke, and I haven't. It's it's in the uh, it's in the spare room here, but I always take that with me, even if I'm not wearing it. It's always with me somewhere. Um, so I guess that would be my my little ritual. I actually I wore it. I remember even on Dance with the Stars, I wore it every week, and eventually it just gave in. There was a little uh, rope that it was on. It wasn't. It was nothing fancy. It didn't even look that nice. Um, but that's always with me. That's kind of like my good luck charm, yeah. Do you, um, do you have any, obviously you gig around all of um, Ireland and, and over in England and other places. Do you have any, um, I suppose, because obviously as a music artist, your your job, it brings you around the world. You obviously get to see lovely places. Do you have any um, favourite place abroad that you have, have gone? It would have to be Kerry. I love coming back to Kerry. The way um, I'm not even just saying that some of the best gigs that we've ever done have been down in Killarney um, and I love travelling down the only thing that I don't like is how far it is it takes ages to get to but um, I did fly the last time from Dublin into Kerry Airport and it was the best thing ever um, but yeah I mean Ireland alone is is beautiful when you actually travel around and I remember the first time I met Karen she was like how do you know all these places and I was like because I've, I've gigged there, I've gigged all over do you know what I mean but um, there's some amazing, amazing, amazing gigs that I've done over the years. And um, I always, I'm not just saying it because I'm on with you. I do always love coming down to Kerry for a gig. They're always well up for it. Um, and it's always a great party whenever we do get down there. You can't beat the kingdom, Jake. Can't beat us. You cannot beat it. <laughs> how did you um, How did you get on during, um, obviously, COVID-19, the pandemic, and not to be bringing it up, but I always, um, I'm interested as a as a singer and music um industry that was all put on a kind of a a hold for a while was it um was it kind of pointless if you were to release a song during it like promoting it and stuff how did you get on during it was, yeah i mean it definitely hit my career i think quite hard at the time i was kind of going up we'd just done a great tour in 2018 we were planning to do another tour in 2019 and then it hit and everything just kind of stopped so it probably did, delayed things a good bit like we're back gigging in Dublin this Saturday in the Academy, and it's our first headline show since pre-COVID, to be honest. Um, so it's it definitely did take take kind of a good few years, even after the pandemic then. It's took a while to kind of get back to the stage now where I'm like, okay, we're getting back to our own headline shows and we're, we're planning a little tour now for when this EP comes out. Um, so hopefully we will be back in the kingdom as well um, at some stage this year. But no, it it I, I mean, I'm not going to shy away from the fact that it, it definitely uh, hit my career quite badly. I'd like to I'd like to think, do you know what I mean? I think if if it wasn't there, I'd probably be a lot further than where I am now. And I probably would have released a lot more music. But look, these things happen and they say everything happens for a reason. So this EP that I'm releasing now in March is probably a lot different to what it would have been 
if it was going to be released in 2019. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. We, we don't know what would have happened, but um, look, we're getting back now. That's the main thing. I'm just happy to be back releasing new music and getting back on stage. It's it's what I love doing um, and long may it last. Exactly. And how important is it to have, um, I suppose, you, you've you done a few bits um, like the the Pento and stuff. How, how important do you think that, I suppose, them little side gigs are? I just want to mention that with the stars again, but before... How important is it to have little side gigs like that, the uh, Pento? Definitely. I mean, it's it's a huge thing. And I am kind of, I see myself as an entertainer. Obviously, music is my main passion and I love singing and songwriting. But doing different gigs, like whether it be, I've done nine Pantos now at this stage. I've done two different musicals. I've done a comedy play. I've done another play actually down in West Cork a few years ago. And um, yeah, it's it's great to have them other things as well. And I think it's nice to kind of step away and refresh your brain and then come back as well to the music. Um, so it's it's good to kind of keep them creative juices flowing and take a break every now and then. Um, and it's definitely been a huge part of my career, um, whether it be doing the pantos or, or the other kind of theatre style gigs. And I love doing them. So it's uh, it's something that I think I'll, I'll always do as well as the music. Dancing with the Stars is obviously huge in um in Ireland and like that. I I remember watching you doing a Rob Heffernan. I actually had him on my show there about two three weeks ago. Ah, you got him on before me. Hi. Uh, I should I should have got you I should have got you both on to, together. <laughs> the right the right job. How did you um find Dancing with the Stars? Did you um obviously Karen was your your pro dance partner and obviously you're you're in a relationship with her now. How how did you find the whole thing because it's fairly full on like rehearsing and everything isn't it, was, it yeah i mean at the time though i was i was so young i was 18 just 10 19 i think but it was it was massive for me i mean it kind of launched my career um a lot quicker than if i hadn't done the show um so i owe dancing with the stars a lot and it was an amazing experience and i definitely learned a lot about the tv industry as well because it was the first kind of proper tv gig that i'd been involved in mm-hmm. um so yeah it was it was an amazing experience and it, i'd love to do it all again if i could um and i i owe shinna will and dance with the stars a lot for for my career as well because i definitely don't think i'd be where i am without it and obviously you're kind of obviously going outside your your comfort zone like because you're dancing every Sunday for the the whole nation watching you and I actually wanted to ask you this specific question did dancing with the stars did it build your confidence to move on and help you in the music industry definitely yeah I mean it's it was obviously I was never a dancer before um I'm a slightly better non-dancer now I still wouldn't call myself a dancer like but uh yeah, it was it was a massive confidence boost for me. And I think I kind of like put myself outside my comfort zone. Um, I mean, a couple of years later, then I did Ultimate Hell Week as well, which was like the the Irish Ranger Wing training, which was, again, an, another amazing experience. But I, I kind of like a challenge, I think, at this stage. But it was definitely a, a massive confidence boost for, for me at the time. And obviously, Karen has, the, Karen has the dancing kind of industry. And did she... Was it you or did you kind of do it together? You set up like a, was it kind of like a stage school or, or something? Yeah, so 
We have a stage school now in Dublin for uh, for kids from the age of four up to 16. And it's it's great to be able to kind of give back a little bit. We do a mixture of, of singing, dancing and acting. So between the two of us, we kind of have all the bases covered and it's it's great. It's built over the last year and it's uh, it's great to see the kids improving. And like I said, their big word was confidence. And some of the kids come in at four and they, they don't really talk. They don't really know what to do. And then give it a few months and they're running around singing, playing, dancing, acting. And it's just great to see. It's a it's a great little hub for, for performing arts. It is. And um, do you know the way music, a lot of people can, can relate to, to different songs, like, you know, different genres as well. Do you kind of ever muse, if you're, say, if you're having a down day, which we all we all do, like there's obviously nothing wrong with it, and that's uh, another important thing. Do you kind of use music as a form of, therapy listening to it can you relate to songs like if you're having a a down day definitely yeah and i think that's where some of the best songs come from is is from from kind of true feelings and that's what songwriters do when they write about their own life and their own feelings and um i guess not only listening to music but writing music is is a huge therapy and and very good for the head when you are feeling down or when you're feeling good as well it's great to get it all out and and put the pen to the paper Absolutely. And if you, obviously you said Mac Floyd, before you finished up, you said you were um, a big fan of them when you were younger and the Beatles were obviously Liverpool relation as well. If you had one um, one person that you could open the show for, um, dead or alive, who would it, who would it be? Uh, it would be Paul McCartney, if it's someone that's, uh, that's still gigging. I'd love to get to one of his gigs, but if I could ever open a show for him, uh, I think that would be my life made, yeah. Very good. And um what you said just give it a, a plug there your your gig on is it sunday it's coming on we're gigging on on saturday in the academy in dublin yeah it's our first gig with mcd who are obviously one of the the biggest promoters in ireland so it's it's great to get working with them and it's our first gig back first headline show back in a couple of years so it's going to be great and the new single loved me like you do was out last friday and the full ep which is called point of you not point of view point of you is coming out on march the 8th and um you got obviously a load of advice and and um when you were younger from nathan and other artists i'm sure what bit of advice would you give to to any young people growing up even if they're four or five or 20 getting into the the, the music the main bit of advice is just to stick at it. I mean, the more you do something, the better you get at it. Um, the music industry is extremely tough. Um, and anyone that, that, that is in the music industry will tell you that. But just stick at it. Keep going and practice and practice and keep going. And eventually that little hole that you're trying to scratch in the in the wall will eventually break through. Um, so, yeah, just keep going. And you might be coming down to the, the kingdom to the INEC. Down to the kingdom very soon, Ian, and I, and I hope you're going to be there. I, I I can actually basically see the INEC from my house. I'm so close. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Do you like berries or, or lion's tea? I'm a lion's man. I'm sorry. I'll have I'll have it stacked up so you better call. <laughs> thanks very much. Jake, thanks a million for this though, and I appreciate your, your time. I know you're you're busy and I'm I'll uh, give Ian, Thank you so much and a big hello to all the listeners listening in. Amazing Ian. Thank you so much, man. You're a gentleman, all right. Very good. Now, unfortunately, that's all we have time for tonight. I hope you all enjoyed the show and I appreciate you tuning in as always. If you want to get in contact with me before next week's show, you can get me through my Instagram, enoconnell321, my Twitter is enoconnell00, or you can drop me an email on my email address, ioconnell at radiocarry.ie. 
A massive thanks to Jake for coming on today and having a chat about his own life and career. Going from Liverpool over to Ireland and all the stuff that he's done here. Dancing with the Stars, what he's achieved. Winning Dancing with the Stars of course. And um, obviously he's in a relationship now with pro dancer Karen Byrne. That was um, his dancing partner on Dancing with the Stars a couple of years ago. So um, thanks willing to, to Jake for coming on and talking about his own his own life and I suppose career and music and and everything else that we um we chatted about i hope you're all having a great week so far stay tuned in here to radio kerry because brian Priestley is up next with that's jazz i'll be back at the same time next wednesday night from 8 to 9 p.m until then stay safe and mind yourself you're listening to stand out with ian o'connell wednesday evenings from 8 p.m here on radio kerry